all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California. This is Kings in the North podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings in the North podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. Welcome to Sack Kings of the North podcast, where we don't perform, we party. Y'all know the drill. This week, we're going to be breaking down the first week of the season, three games uh, for your Sacramento Kings, followed by a breakdown next week, three more games. Um, we're going to be doing a little Q&A for you guys, um, break down a little league news, and uh, leave you with, with a feel-good story. Stick around. First up this week... We had the Utah Jazz at home on Wednesday for our home opener at the beautiful Golden One Center. Ben, this game we we thought was going to be a, a little less close, honestly. Um, what what are your biggest takeaways from this game? Just the, the opening night fervor. The fans stuck outside before the game as the turnstiles would not turn. Um, watching it on, on television up here, we were like, there's no one there. What? It's what's... looking real empty. Yeah, and so then we found out that there was you know a little problem with the tickets. But by the end of the game, place was packed. Yeah, it really was. Um, Everybody was pumped. No, I said we we started. We had a we had a great start last week. The our little uh, point of emphasis was the slow start in all three games. I think this week we had a pretty solid, at least offensively solid start in in, in each of the games. Um, However, that was followed by a poor second quarter. Yeah, and even the end of that first quarter, when we put the, those reserves in, mm-hmm. when Giles and Bagley and really Frank also came in, um, slowed everything down. The Jazz got a couple momentum buckets. Jingles jingled us. Yeah, he got us good. And uh, it really, it really swung the swung the game. I think a really interesting thing to look at though was. In that first half, Donovan Mitchell was, I mean, he, he helped, he passed the ball well, but offensively was almost non-existent. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He had a really quiet 24 points, most of them coming in the second half. And Even like, late in the second half, too. Yeah. Um, no, the, the other thing that, that stood out, like you said, that when you mentioned Marvin as part of the bench unit, he was actually a late scratch from the starting roster in favor of uh, Nemanja Bialica, and they actually handed out Depending on where you sit in the arena, you get like the you know the, the roster with everyone's name and number, and they actually still had Bagley in uh, the starting five, and so, and the media also got Bagley in the starting yeah. five as well. So very interesting, classic Kang's move. Yeah, I don't I don't exactly know. I mean, nothing came of it after. It wasn't you know he wasn't late to practice or yeah. getting scolded, and they ended up starting the other two games. We had five players in double digits to match the uh, Utah's seven. Um, big twenty-two. They were led by Mitchell with twenty-four, like you said. Like you said, a big twenty-two from Jingles. Um, for us, Willie led the way with uh, twenty-three, seven, and four, which it was huge. And I was very, I was wowed. I was surprised. I, it was Willie playing for. I mean, he was a contract. He was, he was looking almost. I mean. Not better than Gobert, but like a tier one tier below. Yeah. He was one rung below where if he turned on the defensive end, 
I'd take him over Gobert. Yeah, um, he's no stifle tower, that's for sure. I think another player that wowed me was, we mentioned his name before, Nemanja Bielitsa. He had 18-8. and eight. He also had a bad mustache trying to like start. Yeah. So, if you got the insider scoop on that, email us at kingsinthenorth at gmail.com. Kingsinthenorthpod at gmail.com. Or, if, or email him and tell him to shave it off. Yeah, looking real strange. Um, one thing that, I don't know, would, underwhelming... To, uh, for myself was was Harry Harry Giles the third didn't play too many minutes only ten um, wasn't the you know the as as Vince Carter said last year wasn't the this you know surprisingly freakishly athletic type of player he, he had two points and I don't know I I think he played a, a little a little better as we'll, we'll get into at the uh, later in the week but as far as a debut. Not it wasn't obviously you know anything to write home about. Really, all the guys off the bench struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the blo- the box score, the plus minus, they really struggled. I mean, going back to that game, everybody that didn't start, I'm pretty sure, was a minus on plus minus. the The fast start by the starters was really almost. I mean, really wasted. We were up 14 points. At one point, and by the end of the first quarter, it was t- it was a four point game, aided only by Frank Mason's buzzer beater. Yeah, so really a one point game, and a lot of that was because once those starters came out, I don't know if it was opening night jitters or first game for some of those rooks like Bagley and Giles who came off the bench together, mm-hmm. but they really slowed down everything offensively. And defensively, couldn't stop anything. Yeah, like like you said, Marvin only logged twelve minutes with six points. I think for for him, obviously, his uh, he picked it up later in the week, averaging um, I think thirteen and seven around there, which was his uh, stat uh, average stat line for the preseason. So I think that's that's kind of what we're gonna get out of him every night, which would be I mean I'll take it. It really kind of hit me. Was the fourteen second shot clock? Um, I don't, I don't know. Are you a fan? It still surprises me. Um, there, there are situations where I do like it. I that that fourteen seconds, I get why they did it. That's what FIBA does internationally. But and we want to make you know the the NBA is always wants to appeal to the international audience. Yeah, for and, that mucho dinero. But um, it was. A strange change for this offseason to come very quickly. Um, yeah, I think the one thing that's weird about it is, like, it just players are going to have to change their whole, like, play style in the half-court set because you're used to being able to getting an offensive rebound and just kind of, like, surveying the court for four or five seconds. Letting, letting the set develop. Yeah. Kind just, of really just going into your half-court offense again. Where and and you know once you get everything set up and there's only eight or nine seconds on the shot clock and we saw it with the Kings you got to jack up a ton of terrible shots. Yeah, there are a lot of forced shots late. Um, like, really, just a, all around the league, not just in this game. You see the effects of that, and well, that's what I was wondering. It's like the uh, the league, like the uh, uh, scoring is way up through these three games compared to like the rest of history. So I was thinking like, is it just for his 14 seconds making it uh, an impact? Is it more possessions or 
our team's finally just catching up with like the rocket mentality of just shoot. It's probably a combo of all of them. Yeah. Um, we saw during today's game against the Thunder, was it Doug? I think Doug said that the Warriors have shot 22 threes a game. And that's good for the 27th best mark in the league. Or something right around there. Third worst, 27th. No, no, I know third worst. I'm saying it was yeah. the number. Maybe 28th. It was, anyway. No, it was 28th. It was 28th. Yeah. And the number I th- I was actually thought was less. I thought no, the it was number, 22. 22? Because the okay. Kings have 22 and a half under 27th. Oh, yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, that is... Anyway. That's the stat we were looking for. For, for a team that's so dependent on their shooting, I mean... They're not really dependent on anything. They can, with all those all-stars, you can do anything that you want. But for a team that is historically known for their great shooting, to be that ranked low, I think it shows an overall trend in the league. Um, but, you know, having more possessions a game from those shorter re- offensive rebound possessions um, has really sped up the games. I mean, it also kind of... Sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, it forces you, the 14, like what I noticed is the 14 second shot clock forces you to shoot threes. You're not going to give the ball to a big down low and waste eight seconds. Like yeah, gonna... you either shoot a three, you run a layup at the rim, or it's an immediate putback. Exactly. That's it. That's all you're getting out of these offensive rebounds now. I don't dislike it, but it is tough to really get an NBA offense moving. It, it appeals to guys like Harden or insane shooters like Steph but back to Harden who can drive the lane by themselves without really having to set anything up and find a shooter or have yeah, every possession have an easy layup having a foul get to the line so it, it puts teams like the Kings that are so young and really do rely a lot on the sets at a bit of a disadvantage especially since like you said with with the youth and just like not being aware of their surroundings I noticed a couple times in all three games where we would get an offensive rebound, kick and, it out, and Bagley or Giles would would kick it out, kind of set someone else up with like nothing going on with like three seconds left on the shot clock, thinking they still had like ten to twelve seconds. So that's just like another thing that's kind of hurt, like with the youth. I mean, they'll obviously get used to it, and everyone has to get used to it. It's not necessarily. Maybe the international players are already accustomed. But one of the things, one of the bright spots... Like Nemanja. Yeah, like Nemanja. But one of the bright spots out of this shortened shot clock I've seen is that Bagley has had four, maybe five rebound, putback, dunks, or layups. Or Yeah, I know he's been great around the rim. He's he's really been active on the rim, which is a big reason he that still, we drafted him. He still just goes to his left, though. And it's like, it works. Like, it's don't get me wrong, but... Yeah, he... I really like his second jump when he's landing from that rebound, ripping it down, and immediately jumping again. Yeah, that was always his talking point. That, but um, that, that right hand is going to take a lot of work, and it doesn't look like he's embracing the work it's going to take. He's not going right on offense at all. Yeah, it's also just hard because, like, you know, a staple of the NBA season is, like, really not practicing. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully it'll develop more and more over the, the season, and hopefully next off season. That'll be a point of emphasis for him. Just as this offseason, De'Aaron Fox really worked on the shot, and that's kind of shown. It's still a long way to go. That's That was the other thing. I, I think De'Aaron is a great like floor general, and obviously he can run anyone out of the gym. But the one thing I like noticed through all three games is, like, I don't know. It's it's kind of in the similar mode. Like, 
I'm not comparing De'Aaron to Lonzo Ball because he's light years ahead. But with Lonzo's new shot and he's like hesitant of shooting it, I think De'Aaron is like the same. He, he takes like that dribble that makes a, a three, a long two that like no one wants. The one thing about De'Aaron's shot though is long. I mean, well, no, it's clean. It's like mechanically, it's, it's always it's looked perfect. Good. The biggest thing is the lower body's disconnected from the upper body. Yeah, and he's like, he is just kind of like a, a gangly. Yeah, it, it'll know, take it's... time. That's something that's fixable. I mean, yeah, with Lonzo, something like Lonzo no or Markel Fultz, garbage. Uh, both of them have really struggled. <laughs> no, Markel Fultz is doing better, honestly. But Lonzo has those intangibles like his passing and his his court vision, and and his LeBron as a teammate. Yeah, I mean, even last year before that, he was mm. still putting up eight or eight, I think, assists a game. Yeah, it's that's pretty good for a rookie. It's no, no Luka Doncic numbers, yeah. RIP, but. We'll see how the rest of the season goes for him. All right, and unless you have anything else, I have two more talking points about this game, and then we can move on. I have a quick one. Uh, I'll go for it. In attendance was uh, obviously legend Vladi Divac. Not a legend in the GM room, but legend on the court. Yeah, he's always in that tunnel. It's kind of like. And two of his teammates sat courtside. Yeah, now, the Vivek's esteemed guest. Yeah. Hedrag Pages Soyakovich and Christopher Weber. Yeah, it was it was of fun the to, TNT crew. Yeah, it was fun to see. Obviously, they got a big round of applause. Two two points. First one, when Bogdan returns, is Buddy back to the bench? I don't think Buddy's back to the bench. Um, I'd see or six y- man role. I'd actually see Yogi shifting to the bench, Buddy shifting to the two. I see. I I like Buddy off the bench. I think he's the perfect. And I don't know. The, oh, that's a, that's a good point. He played really well there last year as a sixth man. Really sparked the bench. My thoughts are though, Frank hasn't been great as a ball handler, and he has he hasn't been great as a distributor or a guy that's crashing. I mean, he also just size. hasn't even been on the court that much. He played a lot in the Jazz game, and when he was in, his minutes were really tough. He, he turned it over a bunch, really struggled, and that's why I think Yogi, if he went to the second team and had Frank almost playing like a shooting guard, roaming looking for an, a perimeter shot instead of trying to get into the trees, uh, I think that might work better. But also having a guy like Buddy out there would open stuff up for him, um, really space the court a little bit better. So either one of those, I think that Buddy's played really well recently and well enough to earn a starting spot. But who knows? It all depends on if Bogdan comes back and has minutes restriction or what's up with the knee. How, uh, how like... Good he feels about it. All right, last point. Um, I'm documenting each game when um, Grant Napier, it's a... It's, each loss. Yeah, exactly. Grant's thing is he'll say, he'll like take the score and say, we have to hold this team scoreless the rest of the game. So I'm documenting the opponent, the score, and the time. And it's just another statistical analysis that no one needs. This game for the Jazz... In the loss, the score was 116 at the time. 116 to 108 with 2 minutes and 16 seconds left. And Grant Napier graced us with uh, the ever-present f- phrase, we're going to have to keep the Jazz scoreless the rest of this game if we want a chance to come back. And looking forward to how that game ended... We lost. We, we lost, but we scored 117. So he was spot on on the time and the points. Which is actually true. That is... I Okay, that is... I did not even notice. I didn't even think about that. So that's a huge shout out to Grant Napier. That's psychic. Psycho, but psychic. All right. Off to New Orleans. Smoothie King, a blowout. 
Yeah, we uh, we a, watched a blowout, the entire game. A blowout loss, mind that, you. That game was a tough one to to stick with. So some good some good um, takeaways. Another big game for Willie with twenty and seven. I like that the game one's performance was not a fluke. He's been playing pretty well. Um, Bagley was given free range as far as uh, offensive possessions and, and netted 19 points in 33 minutes, so a big jump up from game one. We had five players in double digits, and minutes-wise we had eight players um, playing 20 minutes, and obviously that's like garbage time takes in to account, but I think we just got a lot of people on the court that needed to be. Yeah, especially with the garbage time, but um, one of the big things I saw was we weren't that far out of it at half. Um, that yeah. third quarter was what really killed us. But it was like early in the third. It was a big, big onslaught. Like, yeah. I would say with like eight minutes left in the third, it was already like, alright, this is it. Like, yeah, we were on to FIFA by then, but we had it running in the side. It was a it was a, a bad loss for sure, but um, the one of the big bright spots I thought I mean I saw with my own two eyes, Buddy Heald track back from the free throw line mm, yes. and make a huge LeBron James style blocked by James, but <laughs> blocked by Buddy, blocked by James. So it was huge. It was a it was good to show. I mean, one of the things Dave really pushes is his. Commitment is to the, defense is the spray tan. Well, yeah, that too. But his his commitment to defense, and I mean defense is, I mean it's defense obviously wins you, championship. You have to be athletic, but it's a lot about you gotta the be heart. smart. It's, it's smart and it's heart and it's smart. It yeah. really is. And that's what he showed on that play. It was it was good to see uh, the effort. It was good to see him work hard to get back and make a really crucial play in a close game at that point. But, uh, unfortunately, that game was a big, big L. Yeah, one thing that really hurt me um, in, in the Daily Fantasy League, as I picked up Nemanja Bielitsa right before the game, was he could not get, deliver two or back-to-back show-stopping performances. He only had four points. Um, yeah, he had a lot, of, a lot of shots rim in and out. Yeah. His biggest thing, though, is even in the big loss, his present on, presence on defense... Was felt. He's just a big body that like works, and he he's a cheeky veteran at times. He's really, thirty years old. I did not know that. Until yeah, today. he he also works the poke outs from behind. Yeah, seen two or three of those from him. But uh, the the other thing is, it was just it was a weird game for like Anthony Davis because he was like efficient, but he only had twenty five, and obviously he didn't play like he didn't play at all in the fourth. Uh, Davis, Holiday, and I think Etwan Moore. All didn't play in the fourth. Yeah, I was going to say, though, with Anthony Davis, it was good for the, the young guys to see the, you know some premier talent. We There was this defense-by-committee type look because he got everyone who was on him in foul trouble, and some of them were really questionable calls. And I'm the first person to say this. I know I'm getting fined by the league, but the officiating this year has been somehow worse than yeah. I've ever seen it. Yeah, I was I was hoping for Malice at the Palace 2.0 last night, but unfortunately didn't get it between Rondo and oh yeah and Chris Paul. Um, but that just goes back the the officiating they've been really tight on a lot of different things like this going around the screen grabbing jerseys, and they've been really loose on a lot of other things like players yelling at refs from a foot away. They're not giving out as many texts for that, 
and they're which I'm like I'm happy fouls. with that because like if they're terrible, they should be able to yell at them. Yeah, so, yeah, but it's more of just like you the, don't want things escalating like you did last night. That's or not you, the or best you, for the league, or you do because it's fun to watch. Yeah, but on a nightly basis, not. What Yo, you I'd want. spit on Chris Paul too. Yeah, I think everyone would. <laughs> um, big story out of this one, Miritich. Yeah. I was I was really pushing to pick this dude up like two years ago when he had that Greek god beard, but he's actually Serbian, I believe, or Mon- Montenegrin, or however you pronounce mm. words. Um, he had thirty six yeah, points. He's Montenegrin. Ne- Montenegrin. All right, there you go. Ben McLemore saw his first minutes in garbage time, dropping three points. I hate him still. I saw a Pizza Guys commercial during today's game, and I, as we all know, Isaiah Thomas will also will always be my pizza guy. Like when people talk about, oh, who's your Batman? You, you know, when you grew if you grew up with Christian Bale or whoever, like anyone but George Clooney, basically. Isaiah Thomas. Anybody but George Clooney and Ben Affleck. Get that both out of here. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas is always going to be my pizza guy. They're not bringing Ben McLemore back as pizza guy. Who do you want to see as the pizza guy? Uh, I mean, I'd like to see De'Aaron Fox dishing up those assists, I'm pretty solid. dishing up those pizzas, but yeah, I think uh, it is, it, it'd be a very fun campaign. Um, back to, back to Miritich, it is one year ago today yeah. that Bobby Portis is suspended for getting in a fight with Miritich, and I believe fracturing his face. So, that... Might have made it up for it beating down on us, but uh, hopefully next time they play the the Bulls, we see a little beef. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah. I love me some Miritich. Again, major takeaway from this game, Anthony Davis had 25, which is, I don't know, I wouldn't say a slow night by any means, but we still gave up basically 40 points in every quarter. They had like 114 after the third, and I'm sitting here like, Pretty frustrated. Um, not something we'd really, you know, get better at in, in the in the Thunder game. If that's how segues work, you want to move. Um, going back to Anthony Davis really ah. quickly. Um, that's not how segues work. Yeah, not not how segues work. He did put up twenty five points. Also had ten rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks. Yeah, it's like I said, efficient. Game. Very efficient, and the most efficient part was he was. 8 for 12 from the field, including 1 for 1 from 3, and 8 for 12 from the line. Um, Doing some quick math, that's a very high (laughs) true shooting percentage. So, I mean, Anthony Davis, very talented player. Uh, Another another guy, very talented, uh, Russell Westbrook. That's that's how a segue works. The moment we've all been waiting for. King's first win of the season, and on the road, no less. Like you said, Russell Westbrook, back from knee surgery. He was a late addition. We did not think, last yeah. week, we did not think he was going to be back. Found out about it literally three hours before tip. Yeah, with no training camp or preseason, Russ looked pretty solid, dropping 32 in 35 minutes. He was only two assists short of his nearly automatic triple-double. Um, that being said, the Kings... Stole a win, and, well, I don't know if you can steal a win from an 0-3 team, but... Well, two of their games... I mean, the the thing about the Thunder is, even with Westbrook back, I think their most impactful player, and this is a hot take, their most impactful player is still not back on the court 
with Andre Roberson still suffering setbacks to that knee injury from last season. Ah. He's one of the best 3 and D wings in the league. I mean, he's up there with the likes of Clay Thompson and all your other 3 and D wings. Dude jacks up a lot of bricks, though. Yeah, real <laughs> not a great shooter, but a very, very talented defensive player. Yeah. And um, I think that team will improve greatly, hopefully, when Andre Roberson returns. If he returns this season, that knee injury is pretty nasty stuff. But, um, yeah. yeah it, you need a knee to play the game of basketball. Another really hot take. Russell Westbrook, overrated. Doesn't make the players around him better. Real stat hunter. Reminds me a lot of Rondo during his years without any of the defensive skill. So, I think he's overrated. Very athletically gifted, very talented player, but overrated. Someone who's getting the recognition that they rightfully deserve, um, this is how segues work, is uh, Steven Adams. Yeah. Lovely um, beard-hair combo. He only dropped 10 points. But if, if we, had to, we had to throw the kitchen sink at this dude to get a rebound, and he kind of ate us up. He got Marvin and Harry in foul trouble. He was really effective on the glass. He had 14 boards to go along with his 10 points. It was good for um, the young guys to see the uh, a, you know just a strong one of the strongest players at the center position because I wouldn't say either of them are like completely undersized but like they are at the same time so well steven adams he's a big boy yeah he's not small by any means but the thing about him is that he he's a lot he just works yeah he's a hard strong he works hard on offense and defense one of the best screen setters in the league even though most of them are illegal you know gets away with it which makes him one of the best um it's not cheating if you don't get caught. Exactly. Bill Belichick. Every coach ever. <laughs> um, an interesting thing to look at from that game, uh, Russell Westbrook led the team in plus minus, mainly the minus, at negative 13 points while he was on the floor. Back to what I said, overrated. Yeah, there was a stretch where he was on the bench that they actually made a run playoff P was doing his thing, and I was like, damn, this team's like... You know, Playoff P, one of the worst names, nicknames in NBA history. Even know. worse than slow-mo Kyle Anderson. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Steven Adams, Dan would probably love him. Too bad Dan doesn't watch basketball. Because he's a Kiwi, Mike. <laughs> anyway, back, back to the game. Guys looked really good. Shumpert, huge game. Yeah, really a great Dave, game. Dave put him in the starting lineup. He delivered. At 26 points. What do you, I think he had 15 or 17 in the first quarter. Um, I think 17. Fox, I like, I'm sticking with the, the quiet. Fox had a quiet 22. But he was really effective. Um, made shots when it mattered. Played 42 minutes, and after shadowing Russ, and in the postgame interview, he looked tired as all hell. Yeah, he, he asked to actually come off at one point. First time I've ever actually seen that happen yeah. for De'Aaron. But it's a good experience for him. Um He'll only continue to get more and more fit, and he won't struggle in the future with this, but it's it's kind of disappointing on his second year to see him three games in and be that tired, especially without any back-to-backs like some teams have already played. Yeah. But running it's a after, long season. Running after Russell Westbrook for 42 minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, what he'll learn 
is kind of what like Le- people like LeBron have mastered. Whereas you're not putting in a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Like LeBron will, you know, hit that four two forty speed, but then he'll walk back. But then he'll, you know, hit, like he'll you take can... his time. He'll, he'll lay on the ground for a second, take a quick nap, like he did after he rolled his ankle last year during the finals. Yeah, I mean, it's like people. Um, it's conserving energy. Exactly. Like people like Anthony Davis do this. Um, it is. It's like, and they pointed this out in the Pelicans game. Is it like you can you 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 can take a player two off. Like, it's, you know, it's a long game. It's a long season. And I think we don't need De'Aaron playing 42 minutes. But if we get the win, why not? Um, on another note... Run him into the ground. <laughs> on another note, the Thunder... I'm going to run him into the ground. <laughs> yeah, t- Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. Uh, on another note, the Thunder are now tied for the worst record in the league. 0-3. Along with the Lakers, the Cavs, the Bulls, and the Wizards, all without a win so far. Interessante. Buddy had a big 17 returning to Oklahoma. Marvin came in with 13-7, and 7, which is par for the course. If I can get that every night of him, I would be completely satisfied. Um, Harry had a productive 17 minutes, 8 points, 6 rebounds, a couple assists. They were both... Really, really pretty thread-the-needle type passes. He still looks a little lost on defense. And um, if, he, he, if he doesn't, like, he... And, and on offense, he kind of takes these, like, long two or, like, mid-range, early in the shot clock, no one's, like, moving kind of iso, like, why is that the play we're running type of shots. Um, but I think I think he'll be all right. He, he showed some huge, just, like improvement from from game one where I mean he was only gifted 11 minutes so couldn't really get working um, additionally Justin Jackson had a very efficient 11 yeah going four for six with a three and two for two from the line and no minutes for Ben McLemore which was great big problem with Justin Jackson's 11 huge minus five in the plus minus which means that he is not defending well at all. That is, yeah, could not be understated. But he also had a tough task in guarding playoff P. But no he did one have a def- big night. No, like no one on our team defends. And I mean, we were, before this, we were talking about it. We we're just saying every aspect of our defense is terrible. Every position, including the speedster Darren Fox, is getting beat off the dribble, and then no one rotates. It's and- a little slow. That's you can chalk a lot of that up to youth, and where you can't is guys like Willie, who should be. One of the key rotation guys in this league, um, stepping over, making a block. Or guys like Nemanja trying to communicate that. But it comes down to the centers. When Willie's on the floor, he has to be more vocal, commanding his defense around, letting them know when screens are coming, calling stuff out. And that's something that I think that Harry and Bagley will figure out Mm -hmm. going forward. But... Again, for a defensive-minded coach like Dave Yeager, we would like to see improvements in our defense. Yeah, we're giving up 130 a game. Um, we're playing fast, which is fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is um, I looked this up. I was thinking 130 points, what's the record for points in a season? And so the 1990-1991 Denver Nuggets gave up 130 points game and I thought okay that has to be the highest but I was wrong once again because the 
2018-19 Houston Rockets are giving up 131 points a game. Who knows? Is that is it the Carmelo curse? What's happening? Um, that same Nuggets team also set the record for most games in a season giving up over 100 points. With all 82 games, they gave up more than 100 points. So I think if we can just beat that, that's a benchmark we should... It's very realistic. One game this year where we don't give up triple digits. That's what I want. Um, my last point of a talking point, playoff P with 29, probably kicking himself for not leaving the Thunder as they fall to 0-3. He's not upset that he didn't go to the 0-2 Lakers, though. So, But the Lakers would be 2-0 with them. Yeah, no, no it's not a, how they looked last night against Houston. Yeah, it's an early, um, it's early in the season. Obviously, you know, too tough to tell where the um, Thunder will finish, but we're gonna do it anyway. Where do you think they finish? The Thunder? Yeah. Um, it depends. I mean, this team is a team that made a big push in the middle and the end of the season last year. Similar slow start. Chalked it up to. Oh, Paul George is just getting used to this team. And Carmelo. And Carmelo. Curse. Now you could say the same about Dennis Schroeder, but I don't know why yeah, you would. Crazy hairdo. Yeah. Uh, so I think the finish probably, I mean, everybody preseason had them 2 3 4. Mm-hmm. I think a little I more think realistically. Five, six, seven. Yeah, between 4 and 6. Yeah. That little range is my get best guess. So you're saying 5 to 7? I'm I yeah I'll, I'd say seven. They're definitely not going to miss out on playoffs. Yeah, they'll um, make it. They they're not going to hit a tank or anything. We'll yeah we'll we'll track that as that goes along. Going on to next week, we see Denver at in Denver at the high altitude, the Pepsi Center on Tuesday. Yeah, um, couple notes for this game. Look for the defense by committee. Look to defend Nikola Jokic. Um, kind of the same deal like we were throwing at Anthony Davis. Just get the rookies out there, let them do their work. Um, Denver's looking really good. They stole a win from the Golden State Warriors, which is always fun. That was uh, Denver as well. It looks like they're turning the trend that plagued them from last season where they dropped four or five key games with decent leads in the fourth late in the season particularly the Cavs game when LeBron went off, went sicko mode, and then obviously the T-Wolves uh, to end the season. Um, they played solid defense against the Warriors. I think they're going to hold us, I don't know, first game we don't score 100? I think we might break it, but it'll be close to 100. Um, they have a former Sacramento Kings coach, Mike Malone. Miss we'll, you a lot. We'll really <laughs> wish we didn't fire him after a season and a half. Only only good uh, good things to Coach Malone, who I believe will win Coach of the Year this year. Anyway, little fun fact for you here. Mm-hmm. The Kings are currently second in the league in terms of pace, which measures the number of possessions per game at just under 111. Only team faster is the LeBron Lakers. They've only played two games, so I mean... We've only played three. It's a small sample size. But if you've watched the games, they've obviously tried to play fast. And right behind them is the New Orleans Pelicans at 109. So, very interesting to see. Kind of confirms what we've been saying about the Kings playing really fast. Who knows if that's actually a good thing. But so far, we've been in games 
been in two of the three games. By playing fast, I like it. Moving on to Wednesday. Memphis. Back at at home, we see Mark Gasol, Mike Conley, Jaron Jackson, Kyle Anderson, and the rest of Memphis. Yeah, Dave's looking to show Memphis who's boss for sure. They're one and one. Big rivalry game here as an us rivals to Memphis. Not the Kings, just Ben and I. Yeah. Took away the Vancouver Grizzlies. Rip. Bringing them back, according to some guy running for local politics. Go vote. Local politics matter. That's no. what, that's, that was my last talking point. Everyone get out there and vote in the well, midterm election. we jumped it. Jumped the gun. Back to Memphis. They're one and one. They got a win over Atlanta. So does it seem like to everyone who plays Atlanta. Um, you step into Atlanta, you win over Atlanta. Um, Memphis. Pull up that pace thing again. Because after watching their highlights, it seems like their pace is up a ton from last year. They're averaging like 120 points. They're at 101, 101, 100 is league average normally. Um, going back to last year, post Fisdale, yeah. the M- Memphis was at 96 per game. Guess who was the worst? You you guessed it, the Kings. We So, both of these teams have made tremendous strides, some greater than others. So the, Go Kings. The eye test, my eye test was confirmed by the statistics Memphis's pace is up. The, something that's um, tangible is they're averaging like 120 points a game. In this game, I like the Mike Conley Darren Fox matchup. It'll be really interesting. Look Conley to go at each other. Yeah, Conley is a vet who's missed a couple of seasons because of knee injuries, but is still pretty savvy. Very talented point guard. Top five point guard in the East. Yeah, I think. In the, sorry, he's in the West. Memphis correct. is in the West. That's a hot take. Move Memphis to the East. Bring back a Vancouver team. And bring back a Seattle team. Mike Conley still a very good point guard. Yeah, I again, think, also probably top five point guard in the West. Yeah, De'Aaron's like a few steps behind um, Mike. Obviously, once he gets his finishing and his passing better, uh, I think they'd be pretty even. But I think Mike Conley in in everywhere except his bank account is never really like given the credit. He He's was the highest so- played, pay, played pair player right after that cap jump. Exactly. So obviously he's he's getting the the money he deserves, but he's just so fun to watch, and I don't know, he's never up there for top uh, top guard. All right, Washington Wizards on Friday. This is the first look at a premier backcourt this season for the the young Kings squad. It's kind of like a hey, it's you from the future type yeah. game, um, meaning we have similar. Uh, the the backcourts have similar play styles. Um, the Wizard one and one, uh, dropping a game to the Heat, who also looked pretty solid in uh, D Wade's last ride. Um, it's a Friday night game at Golden One Center, so get out there and support the team. Um, if we get some some big numbers from people not named Fox and Healed, I think we're gonna win this game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see also in the front court. How Willie and Harry mm-hmm. and Marvin handle not quite washed, but headed in that direction, Dwight Howard. After last year, averaging quite a bit of points and rebounds. One of the things that we've really struggled with so far is offensive rebound or defensive rebounding, letting other teams get a lot of offensive rebounds. So it'll be interesting to see how Dwight works on these rooks. Um, again, the three is our biggest weakness, especially with starting lineups. Look forward to 
see how those guys match up with our Kings. But it will demand a pretty big showing from everyone. Yeah. Here's another segue into the Q&A portion, unless you have anything else to say. The team news, as well as league news, and general things that we found this week. Do Portland and Washington blow it up after this season if they don't really make any progress? Portland's a, a tough one to say, especially with the, the ownership oh, question. Of course. Uh, Rest in peace to Paul Allen. Washington might blow it up midseason. Yeah, I, was, I think they're going to. I mean, after last year's issues with Marcin Gortat and John Wall, bringing in another big ego center was a very questionable choice. If I like Dwight, though. I've always been Dwight. Oh, though. I mean, he's great when your team's winning, but when you're on a, a worse team, he's learned a bit more in recent years how to lose with a little grace. But you saw what he did in L.A. You saw what he did in Houston. You saw what he did in Atlanta. And... Maybe now he's moved past that, but it is a question. It's a, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that might signal a huge rebuild in their future, but who knows? Portland, again, their biggest issue is they have a lot of long-term bad contracts, mm-hmm. um, which they've even shipped with Alan Crabb off to Brooklyn a couple of years ago. So that'll be a tougher one to, to rebuild. And with the passing of Paul Allen... You never know what their new leadership might want. And I think Paul Allen was very close with Dame Dalla. So, very sad to hear about his passing. Probably not a direction they'll head in the near future. Okay. Next question. Um, Is Nikola Jokic a lock for the All-Star game? Or is the West too deep to call it now? Well, I think All-Star game's a bit... Tough to say. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with the coach's pick for the bench, right? Yeah. That is where he'll likely land up. He has very little chance of winning a fan vote. One, by playing in Denver. Two, like his play style is not super flashy. He doesn't end up in a it's bunch not, of it's not, highlights. It's not roles. sexy, as they say. Yeah, people aren't looking out for it. Although he, he performs every night. He's very consistent. Yeah, and that's why I think he's more of a lock for a first or second, maybe third team all NBA center mm-hmm. than he is to, to play in the all-star game. But I think he has a good chance with one of those coaches picks. Okay. Golden state has an opportunity to have the first ever, or sorry, an opportunity to, for, for the first time ever to have two 50, 40, 90 players in Katie and Steph who have both done that in their careers. Will, do you think that will happen? Honestly, I could see it. Um, Steph's been pretty Conservative with his shot selection recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and f- through the first two games, he's shooting 50-45 and 85 or something like that. Pretty high. Very small sample size. Doesn't really mean much. Um, KD, I mean, he's really worked to not take shots after the bu- or right at the buzzer to lower his stats. So it's very doable. Um, I think... The biggest place they'll get in trouble is if they are in a lot of burn burners like tonight, um, and and they're not in a bunch of blowout games where they can get pulled early. Yeah, that'll be where they don't get it. But it's it's a very doable stat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, does Kristaps Porzingis play this year, or do the Knicks shut him down? Well, that's another interesting one. As of today, their rookie this year, Kevin Knox is out for the next week with a rolled ankle. Mm-hmm. So if that 
I mean, you never know how that might affect long-term. Look at Steph. Really bad ankle injuries in the beginning. Now a great player. But if that lingers, if they lose more than half of the games before December, they'll probably shut him down. There's no reason to bring him back this year, aside for the fact that he is on a entering the first year next year of his con his rookie scale max extension. Mm-hmm. So they might want to bring five him, times. Back. Yeah, seriously, they might want to bring him back just to see what how he looks. But I wouldn't rush it. Um, he'll like signs show that he'll be better off with longer rest, and they're not making a huge push at the playoffs this year unless Hardaway keeps going off every night. Yeah, wow, what a season he's had to start. So I think a they nice, should shut nice down. Michigan product. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we'll get a unicorn sighting this season. A uh, couple more, couple more questions. Rapid fire. Who leaves Golden State first, Clay or Durant? Durant. Can Giannis win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year? Probably not. Last player to do that, I think, was Michael. He He's good on defense, but he's not three to five stocks, steals plus blocks a game good. Mm-hmm. So, I, who knows, but I don't think I don't think he can win both. How many teams will win 60 games? Probably the Warriors, probably the Raptors, and one of Houston or... or Boston. So, if four teams win 60 games or more, that'll be the first time that's happened since 97-98 when the Los Angeles Lakers, the Utah Jazz, the Chicago Bulls, and trigger warning, the Seattle Supersonics all won over 60 games. Another it hasn't happened in 20 years. Um, finally, uh, we're going to go to our Players of the Week. Mm-hmm. This week, if you watch the games, I think that our Player of the Week... As mentioned before, mm. Nemanja Belica. Belica had a great week, especially in the first game against the Jazz. Put up a huge stat line. Balled out. In the other games, he his biggest impact wasn't on the stats. It was his defensive presence. The intangibles. Presence. Yeah, it was his defensive presence, getting into passing lanes, poking balls free when guys are going for layups. Really things that don't show up in the stats, but you have to appreciate. What about you? Um, my player of the week, and oh my god, I thought I'd never say this, Willie Trill. Average 18-7, and seven, like I said before, wowed me. I would like a little less um, mid-range jumpers. He, like we always, we're watching the game and we always notice he makes one and it gets in his head. Let me do this like eight more times and he'll miss the other ones. So, I want, you know, him working around the glass. He's been really effective. But he just overall he doesn't scare me as much. Meaning when he when he had the ball, I'm just like, okay, how is he gonna screw this up? Now I, I trust his decision making on the court, the face tats, not so much. Um, the feel good story. A shout out to the University of Michigan Wolverines beating Little Brother Michigan State this weekend. This is the first road win versus a ranked opponent for Michigan since two thousand six. When they this went is in, like watching the Lakers and the Clippers. When, uh, who would expect differently? When they uh, when they went into South Bend and be, beat a Brady Quinn-led fighting Irish team. 12 years since a road win versus a ranked opponent. If you ask me, Michigan State shouldn't have been ranked. They were 24th um, at the time. And that is, that's the feel-good story. Up next is 
Dirty Dan's Hot Take of the Week. Joining us via phone call is Daniel Archer. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm very good, mate. How are you? All right. Um, okay, Dan, we'll make it quick. We know you're on the go. Busy man. Um, <laughs> we, want, we would like to know, on Wednesday of this week, the Spurs are playing the Pacers. San Antonio Spurs, Indiana Pacers. Who wins that game? Perfect. Thank you, Dan. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Good day, lads.